Hi there, and thanks for tuning in to the Four-Eyed Radio Network. You're about to listen to another proud presentation brought to you by Revenge Lover Designs. Stand out from the crowd. For more information, visit revengelover.com and mention the podcast for 10% off of your order. Uh, let's. Why don't we pull it up now? Let's just pull yeah. it up now. Yeah, go for why it. Not? Yeah. Why not? It only takes like five seconds. Watch the opening is actually like... Um... Hi, it's Kyle, and I've decided to shut down the podcast. <laughs> like, Doug, I really need you to listen to that. <laughs> Hi there, and thanks for tuning in to the Four Eyed Radio Network. You're this is not it. Another... <laughs> presentation brought to you by Revenge Lover Designs. Stand out from the crowd. For more information, visit revengelover.com and mention the podcast for 10% off of your order. My beard, so I don't have as much thinking space anymore. <laughs> whenever I'm thinking, I like I caress my beard and just go, hmm. But now I don't have that anymore, and it's weird. However, will you think? I know, right? <laughs> ah, a little uh, Ranger Command inspired pre episode looper yeah. action. Yeah, I thought I'd go for something. Because I know, like, every time we have an anniversary, we try and introduce something new. And I was going to do that, but then we had also done the uh, reading of our books at the end of the episode. So, Oh, let me make sure mine is nearby so that I don't have to get up in the middle of the episode again. Hold on. I'll be right back. You've entered Victory Road, a Pokemon podcast. Welcome to episode 67 of Victory Road, a Pokemon podcast on the Four Ride Radio Network. Now time to catch them all with your host, I'm Kyle, also known as Deadpool Ranger, and I'm Team Vizquez. And I'm Doug, also known as TR38 Tricky Bully. And I'm also Team Vizquez because she's so freaking cool, and I can't wait to talk about her! I know! I'm so glad that that, that was episode 6, so we can mm-hmm. talk about it today. Yes. To listen to... The- to listen to the show, you can find us anywhere you listen to podcasts like iTunes or Double Twist. And speaking of iTunes, if you are listening to this show on iTunes, make sure to give us uh, a good rating and uh, some feedback because that's what we thrive for. Yes, it's the best way to help our podcast, to be quite honest, is to give us a star rating. Yes. And if you have any, if you listen to the podcast anywhere else that allows you to leave ratings or comments, Please do so. We would love to see them. Mm-hmm. Just let us know so we can actually go find them. Because, you know, there's a lot of places to go listen to podcasts. A lot. This podcast is brought to you by Revenge Lover Designs. Illustrations and design that fit your personality. For samples and inquiries, visit revengelover.com. But you probably already heard that in the beginning of this episode that was not voiced by me. But I want you guys to hear my voice. We just really want you to know. Yeah. What's so up, man? Wh- what's up, Pidgets? What's up, Pidgets? Yeah. It's what they call Pidgeot in the uh, uh, Poke Rap. It, Pidget. It, it, it is. Yes. <laughs> it it kind of sounds like you, you're saying, what's up, idiots? Yes. Yes. <laughs> That's why I said what I said. Oh, okay. It's my what's new Poke. It's my new Pokey sense that I love um, and adore. 
What's going on, Kyle? Uh, not a whole lot. Um, trying to see. Oh, we got our uh, uh, build the bears in. Oh yeah, you sent me a picture, and they look so good. Mm-hmm. So I got the Jolteon, and my wife got the Vaporeon because those are our mm-hmm. two favorite evolutions. Oh yes, and I love them now. Unfortunately, we couldn't go to Build-A-Bear to build them, which is how I prefer to do it. Of course. So we ended up getting them through the online bundle, which forces you to get the costume, to get the sound bite, and all that. So as soon as my Jolteon came in, I took the cape off, put it on my cat. It was adorable. I posted pictures on my Twitter. Go check it out. (laughs) And unfortunately, the sound bite's still there, but it's actually not as loud as I thought it would be. So I'm quite happy about that. Oh, okay. And I, it's so fluffy. I love it. <laughs> they look really good. They look really good. Mm-hmm. And I uh, imagine they're like about the size of a cat. Uh, yeah. Maybe a little smaller. A, a little very bit small smaller, cat. but yeah. Maybe the size of like a munchkin cat almost. Uh-huh. Little tiny cat. Yeah. Uh, so... This now gives me my third Pokemon Build-A-Bear and my wife her fourth. Fourth. Yeah, fourth. Pokemon Build-A-Bear, a.k.a. (laughs) Make-A-Mon. I love that. (laughs) How is Build-A-Bear not taking advantage of that? I don't know. Hire me, Build-A-Bear, for that one joke. (laughs) Yes. Or sponsor us, (laughs) Build-A-Bear. Sponsor us, Build-A-Bear, for that one joke. <laughs> yes. uh, also, if anybody that's uh, partnered with Pokemon wishes to sponsor us, Original Stitch, looking at you, I'm wearing your shirt right now. It's very comfy. <laughs> I got my I'm not wearing pocket. a shirt, but if I did wear a shirt, <laughs> I'd get an Original Stitch shirt. Yeah. Ding! <laughs> and make sure to get yours with a Zapdos pocket. Exactly. Which, by the way, None of y'all even bothered to look to see if there was a Zapdos Pocket Twitter account because I know because I created one and only two people are following it and it's me and Doug. <laughs> Go follow Zapdos Pocket. We've even retweeted many of the pictures that okay, not many, <laughs> there's like three. But if I got yeah, more you followers, I gotta keep, keep the Zapdos Pocket active. There's gotta be something in the pocket like every day. I know, I try, but it's <laughs> it's hard when the Zepto's pocket is uh, uh, it's hanging up away and you just kind of forget about it. We can, we'll, we'll figure something out. Yeah, but I am literally wearing it right now, like, as I'm recording. As you do. Yeah. I, uh, I don't have any Pokemon clothing, so, uh, you know. Hmm. We'll have to change that. Yeah, I don't have any good recording clothing. <laughs> For Pokemon content. Yes, and by recording clothing, we mean clothing that allows the sound waves to bounce off the clothes and give us a perfect uh, sound. Perfect, perfect sound. I don't own clothing, guys. Sorry, I don't know if you knew this about me. uh, Don't own any clothing. It's weird. Yeah. That's why all the (laughs) selfies are like from like the neck up. (laughs) Exactly. Actually, no, you do own clothing. You have your survivor bandanas. That's true. That's true. Or your buffs, I do. Just trying to live the survivor lifestyle by only wearing buffs and being in the buff. (laughs) (laughs) Nice. Nice. Uh, But what about you? Anything new with Pokemon? 
Um, not with Pokemon. I, this is probably for a different episode, perhaps. But I have been playing uh, Nexamon Extinction, which is not Pokemon. You know, but it feels relevant because it is the closest thing to Pokemon that isn't Pokemon that I've ever played. Yeah, I saw you uh, just like today retweet something about it and i was very curious i was going to ask you off the show but i'm going to ask you now anyways just because i'm curious what is it so nexamon so the game i'm playing is nexamon extinction it's the second game in the nexamon series the first one didn't see as wide of a release but it's 99 cents on the apple app store Hmm. um if anybody's curious about it um, I have been, I've had a couple of people ask about it and I've sort of likened it to kind of like the, the closest thing I can compare it to is like Pokemon, but a few generations ago. So like it feels the most to me like Pokemon black and white perhaps. Um, but it's also modern, right? Like it was still made in 2020. Um, so it kind of feels like it is either intentionally or unintentionally, filling the void that a lot of people feel like Pokemon has left behind um, in the sense that it's a bit more grindy. Um, It definitely has a higher barrier of entry, I think, than like Sword and Shield or Sun and Moon had. And I think there are some Pokemon players, like longtime Pokemon players, who feel like the Pokemon series left them behind, like behind a little bit. I don't necessarily agree with that, but Mm -hmm. I get where they're coming from. um, If they are folks who want something that feels a bit grindier or feels a bit more meticulous or is a bit more of a challenge. Um, And I do think Nexamon offers that. The thing that you're referencing that I retweeted, I think indicates that maybe Nexamon is trying to be that because one thing that they are going to be including in a future patch, they've said, is custom modes, which will allow you without any sort of hacking tools or jailbreaking or anything like that will allow you to put custom settings on your game that from this very one tweet, I mean, I'm sure we'll need a lot of clarification on this, but sound like you'll be able to basically do challenges like you would in a Pokemon game, but natively through the game. So you can randomize encounters, but through the game and you can up the difficulty but through the game you know what i mean mm-hmm. um things that with pokemon games you have to go you kind of have to break the game or go around the game in order to actually do mm-hmm. um so I, i'm not totally sure but it seems like maybe they're trying to do that it's still definitely different than pokemon though so it's not like it's not like they're just um trying to to make a pokemon game that you know was made on Game Boy Advance. Like, it's not a retro project type of thing. Mm -hmm. Um, And there are distinct differences. Um, Like, the, I would say the mechanics are probably pretty similar. The story is pretty different. Um, One thing I'm really intrigued by, having played the second entry first, I wasn't expecting the two games to really be all that connected, but... The second one takes place a thousand years after the first one oh, wow. explicitly. Um, and it seems like there is a lot more connecting the the stories of the two games than I initially anticipated. So I did end up getting the one on my phone for 99 cents <laughs> um, and we'll play that one after this one because I think that'll be kind of an interesting experience. I have suspicions like as I play through this game. 
um, not knowing, because I'm not going to look anything up, I have suspicions of things that might appear in the first game based on what I've seen in the second game, which is kind of fun. Okay. Yeah. So uh, I was just looking on the Google Play Store because I have an Android phone. Mm -hmm. Um, I found the first one, next one, I believe this is it, and not just like a copy. Vivo Interactive Inc. is the... Okay, cool. So just Google or just search for that in the Google Play Store if you have a Google Android phone. Um, I do not see the sequel game, though. The sequel, yeah, the sequel, I don't believe, was released on mobile. So the first one, yeah, the first one, I think, was on mobile and maybe Steam. Mm. The second one, this one I'm playing, was released on console and probably Steam as well. Mm. Um, I think it's even, I think it even got a physical release, so... I think they really were trying to gra- like quote graduate it up. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, it's uh, it's fun. I don't think it will necessarily. It, I think I was I was talking to somebody about this last night. Um, I have I have a hard time figuring out like how to recommend this game because I think if you are somebody who just plays the Pokemon games because you like Pokemon, oh my cat just jumped on a shelf above me. Um, <laughs> If you're somebody who plays Pokemon just because you like Pokemon, um, and so you 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 will always pick up the next core series Pokemon game and sort of play that, um, maybe finish it, maybe not finish it, or maybe you do finish it all the time, um, but you don't really play any other sort of like monster hunting games or RPG games, mm-hmm. I don't think I would recommend this. But if you're somebody who plays Pokemon and replays Pokemon and does challenges and likes monster like monster collecting games and RPGs. Yeah. Then I would say check it out. It's only 20 bucks on console. Um, I know it's on PS4 and Switch and coming to Xbox One. Um, now my cat's attacking me. Cool. Um, <laughs> so I don't you might you may or may not hear that, but it's happening. Um, so I think I think it's 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 worth 20 bucks if you're curious and you're confident that you'll 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 be able to get over the fact that it's not pokemon you know what i mean Mm -hmm. like if you're willing to be open-minded about it and uh put some hours into it because it it has a i I think it has a comparable playtime. it seems like um i found a number of people who who were sort of deeper into it than i am and it seems like a comparable playtime. i i've played it for like I think like 23 hours and I don't oh, wow. feel like I'm anywhere close to being done. Huh. So awesome. yeah. So then I like, in that case, I think it's worth it. If, if you're just like, Oh, I want more Pokemon. I don't, I don't think I would necessarily recommend it. Cause it's not Pokemon, you know? Mm-hmm. And it has cool. a very different style. So I could see certain people being like turned off by, by the style, but I don't mind. I think it's fun. I, I do think I'm very curious at the choice to have, I think, 300 Nexamon in the first game and then 381 completely different like oh, Nexamon wow. in the second game. So, like, in two games, they already have nearly 700 of them. Wow. I don't know if that was because it felt necessary to compete with Pokemon, which now always has, th- like, 300 Pokemon per game at least. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Um, I, I, I'm guessing that's probably why, I don't know if it necessarily needed that, but it's not, it's not necessarily a detriment either. Hmm. Yeah. And there aren't too many, there aren't too many Nexomon. There are definitely some, but there aren't too many Nexomon where you're like, that's just a 
sand dial. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. that's just a. Uh, um, there are some, but not not that many. That's a Pikachu. But actually, I they've pretty much avoided that, which I I am I'm happy to see. <laughs> oh, good. Um, yeah, there'd probably be a yeah. lot of lawsuits if there was like a Pikachu. <laughs> well, well, the one thing is, and I never really thought about this, um, but like. Pokemon is the biggest monster collecting game, but it's not the only or the first. No. Um, and so, like, just by the nature of, like, I want to create a monster collecting game, and I want there to be 400 monsters. Like, inevitably, you're going to be like, I have a dog in mine. So, like, you're always going to be able to say, like, oh, well, this is kind of like a, you know, a mm-hmm. Lillipup mixed with a... You could do that for probably all of them. Oh, yeah. Um but you know, sometimes you're gonna be, sometimes you're gonna be really right about it, and sometimes you're gonna be stretching. Oh yeah, there's I some remember, cool Nexamon for sure. Yeah, I remember when Digimon first came out, and I saw Agumon. I'm like, oh, that's just a Charmander. <laughs> that looks like an anime. Well, I guess they're all anime. That looks yeah. like a more serious anime Charmander. <laughs> exactly, and it evolved into Greymon, and I'm like, okay. That's yeah, it's easy to do that English with like Charizard. <laughs> right, it's easy to do that with like anything um, mm-hmm. that's sort of similar. And sometimes it's warranted. Sometimes, sometimes it's not. Yeah, and I've since now realized, hey, it's its own thing. It's mm-hmm. amazing, and I have got to catch up on Digimon. There's so much <laughs> going on with it right now. Yeah, so that's what I'm. That's what I'm. I've been dipping into not that's technically cool. Pokemon related, but tangential, at least in the same genre. Maybe at some point. Um, I think we even got the suggestion. Maybe at some point we can do like a, a, I don't know what we would call it, but something about other sort of similar or uh, competitive or not competitive monster catching games. Well, I know we had wanted to do an episode on, uh, what was it? Uh, basically just like fan made uh, games. Yeah. With, with Pokemon or without. So like, I know like there's an RPG style. Uh, Pokemon game. Mm-hmm. Well, I think, I mean, here, let's do some podcast production right here on Mike. Yeah. I think we probably could do a whole episode dedicated just to fan games where like you play a fan game, I play a fan game. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I think we probably could do one where like, uh, like, you know, we could, we could have some guests for this other one where it's like, you know, I, I am bringing Nexamon to the table. Maybe somebody brings Digimon to the table. Maybe somebody brings Dragon Quest Monster. Is it Dragon Quest Monsters? Whatever that one is. I know who there, we should bring There's some that Dragon one. Quest spinoff that... Yeah, yeah, for sure. I know too. <laughs> <laughs> I have ideas for all these people. I just don't want to name them because I don't want them to feel locked in. Um, but uh, but yeah, like I think it might be cool to have like three different, four different, um, you know... Uh, other monster collecting games. I know it would be sort of a veer off the path for us because mm-hmm. we are explicitly a Pokemon podcast, but oh, it'd I'd be probably, fun for us, so we should do it. I'd probably still like keep it Pokemon. I'll do like some kind of like a uh, Pokemon fan made game, like exclusive this way. Like there's at least a little bit of Pokemon with it. In the well, I, th- I, th- I think we could get two different episodes out of it. That's what I'm saying. Oh, well, yeah. okay. We'll talk. We'll talk. Yeah, yeah, we'll talk. So, um, yeah, uh, main topic of this episode, 
we've got Pokemon Journeys Part 2 was released on Netflix. Yeah, we got more Pokemon Journeys. I understand why they're calling it Part 2. I wish they wouldn't because it's confusing, but I know, it is. Considering the fact <laughs> that this episode is Pokemon Journeys Part 3. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Which hopefully is how I- they will. <laughs> hopefully they will just continue to do parts. Because what I'm imagining is going to happen and what's likely going to happen is like Pokemon Journeys Part 1, Pokemon Journeys Part 2, Pokemon Journeys Part 3. And then it'll be like Pokemon Journeys Explorers of Galar Part 1, Pokemon Journeys Explorers of Galar Part 2. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. (sighs) And then each one of them will have, you know, 12 episodes or whatever. And it's just going to be a big old cluster. Cluster bunch. I've noticed when something is like exclusive to Netflix, they don't call things seasons. Yeah, they frequently don't. Yeah. Um, Or if they do end up doing seasons, they'll put, they'll release like the seasons in halves. Mm hmm. So like uh, Fuller House, they'd release like the first half in like December and then like the next half in like June and. You forget, you think by this point, like they're separate seasons, but they're still just one full season. Yeah. Yeah. Netflix is a mess. <laughs> I yeah. think. I yeah, think that's, Netflix that's is another a whole episode mess. we can do. Yep. 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 But for now, it means mm-hmm. that we're getting Pokemon Journeys in part in about a dozen, a dozen episode batches. Yes. And it, they release them every 12 weeks. So basically, you're getting an episode a week. Mm-hmm. it's just you end up binging the whole thing within like for my case 24 hours not even yeah yeah well i i i still think i don't know i still think that maybe i i think netflix should be more open to the idea of releasing releasing episodes weekly mm-hmm. um disney plus is doing that and i think it is expanding or like growing the longevity of a season of something in Mm -hmm. the cultural zeitgeist. Like if you think about the Mandalorian, people were talking about the Mandalorian for as many weeks as that was releasing. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? With Pokemon journeys, it's, it's possible or any other show on Netflix that drops all at once. It's possible that people will only talk about it for like a week. (laughs) Exactly. So I understand that like there is, there's a lot of fun in like binging something and there are things that drop weekly that I still binge anyway because I'd rather. Um, but uh, I, I just wonder. I don't. I obviously don't have the answer, but um, I'm 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 wondering if maybe we'll see a little bit more of either small batches or eventually weekly from Netflix. I know Great British Bake Off is weekly because they release that in real time. Mm-hmm. So it wouldn't be yeah. the first time they've done something that way. Yeah, and I mean, like uh, the show that we watched, The Circle. Yeah, yeah, that exactly. Was released weekly. So, I mean, they've toyed with it. Yeah. But in the end, I'm happy with what we have right now. Oh, and, yeah. It's yeah. still good. I mean, it doesn't change the content, you know. Yeah. So, you've only watched the first six, correct? Correct. I only watched the first six. Okay. I've watched all 12 because. I. Of course. <laughs> 20 minute episodes. My wife and I, were, we love Pokemon. We love watching it. So just getting to watch it together is awesome. And we just finished our Glee marathon. So now we're trying to find something else to binge watch. <laughs> you got to have stuff. You know, you got to have something to put on. Exactly. So, all right. Let's, I guess, just dive in. Yeah. 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 Let's do it. 
Okay, so once again, just so we're abundantly clear, um, we are talking about Pokemon Journeys Part 2, Episodes 1 through 6, and we will be spoiling stuff that happens in those episodes. So if Mm -hmm. you haven't watched them, go watch them. They're really good. Mm -hmm. All right. So the first one, this is the episode where they stop a rampaging Dreadnought. Pikachu Gigantamaxes, and Leon battles Ash. And this is a direct continuation of what ended up being a cliffhanger um, from the first part. So this is a direct continuation of the last episode we talked about. Yes. So, What'd you think? Ah, uh, it was awesome. <laughs> I thought this was fun, yeah. Yeah, I. it was a good, fun battle. And uh, it kind of shows that the reason why Pikachu can Gigantamax is also the reason why it can't evolve. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, I guess technically it can't, question mark? I don't know if that's 100% true, but now we know yeah. that it can't, right? Exactly. So even if Ash were to uh, <laughs> were to try to evolve it, maybe it wouldn't work. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I do really enjoy the way that um, this show is depicting Gigantamax battles. Mm -hmm. Uh, I think because Gigantamax battles in the game are just as turn-based as everything else, plus like kaiju-sized Pokemon, Yeah, um, they were sort of faced with this decision of, do we try to adapt this to a more anime style fighting or do we keep it as is? And for the most part, they kept it as is, you know, like Mm -hmm. they're huge. They're unwieldy. They're like in Pikachu's case, because he's so huge and not used to it kind of clumsy. Yep. Um, And they all move slow. And I kind of like it actually. It's like a good contrast. I think to really distinguish Gigantamaxing from regular battling. Otherwise Mm -hmm. it would literally just be their big Pokemon. Yeah. I loved when he told me, told Pikachu to use Iron Tail, Pikachu just like grabs oh its tail gosh. and just slams it. <laughs> I love Ash's Gigantamax Pikachu and the way that it does its moves. Mm-hmm. Because like we said, it's it's he's sort of clumsy because he's not used to it, um, but he still has Pokemon instinct. So he still does things properly, but they're just like a little goofy. So like, yeah, he takes his tail and slams it on the ground. He like jumps and like lands on his butt to do like uh is it um max strike i think mm-hmm. um yeah it's it's cool I, pikachu pikachu in journeys i think in general has been kind of fun um i know i mentioned before i love the way that he does his thunderbolt attack um and the way that now my cat's scratching the shelf above me <laughs> hey cut it out up there cut it out up there and now he's attacking my head hey get out of here <laughs> get out of here <laughs> um now he's biting my arm. <laughs> <laughs> this is staying in. <laughs> of course it is. Hey, cut it out, punk. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Stop. Did you douse oh yourself with, with a catnip before this? Repel, repel. I use a repel. Poke doll, I escape. <laughs> okay. Anyway. <laughs> um... But yeah, I, I they've they've been doing cool things for a long time with the animation on this show, and obviously this isn't going to be a step backwards. So it's Mm-mm. it's nor it's it's expected to see very cool animation stuff, and I think it's living up to it for sure. Um, and the Gigantamax battles are fun. I, I I think they made them really fun so far. I mean, we've seen what three of them? I think at this point. 
Um, three or four. It depends on if you consider the Snorlax one. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I ugh, so much fun, so much fun. Mm-hmm. Now, am I? Did I just um? Was I not paying enough attention in the games to realize that Gigantamax Dreadnought has like a long neck? I never like no, put the pieces I, together. I that didn't it... know that either. <laughs> it makes sense now that I look at it, you know, like because it has sort of like that weird bunched up neck thing mm-hmm. going on. Yeah. Um, but it, it honestly wasn't until we watched these episodes yeah. that I was like, oh, OK, that's what that's for. Mm-hmm. <laughs> But it makes sense. I mean, it is a turtle. Yeah. So, uh, so yeah. I uh, I don't think I ever had a dreadnought on my team, so I don't I don't know that much about it. Mm-hmm. And I just found it funny, like the like you had that one guy come out and he's like, "Hey, why are you guys causing all this ruckus?" And it's like, <laughs> yeah. we we weren't. We were saving. Like, like come on, man, don't don't jump to conclusions. <laughs> we were stopping the ruckus, you jerk. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then. The battle between Ash and Liam was actually pretty good. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, it, it concludes with Ash being like, thanks for going all in on me, Leon. And Leon is sort of cut from the same cloth as Ash, I think, mm-hmm. um, because Leon's response to that is like, well, it wouldn't be any fun if I didn't. And Ash is like, yeah, <laughs> you know? Yeah. So, um, so yeah, it's a good battle. Um, Ash is no slouch, obviously. Um, but uh, but Leon is also the the monarch, so... Which I'm still not used to hearing. It still sounds yeah, so funny. It's a weird thing. I mean, and I get it based on the theme of Galar, but it just sounds so silly. Yeah. And we also get introduced to the tournament style that we're going to be seeing oh, throughout this whole season. The moment that they explained this, I was like, Kyle's going to love this. Yeah. Because it's like very world buildy um, mm-hmm. and very sort of like logistically sound. And I like yeah. it too. Um, but I immediately was like, ooh, Kyle's probably eating this up. Oh, yeah. Because. <laughs> The thing is, like, so far, everything's kind of been more Go-centric. Mm-hmm. And with this, this is now... That's a good point. This is now Ash's centricness for the series. And here's my theory for the, fina- for the, for the whole ending. Yeah. Ash wins this whole tournament. Sure. He is now officially the Pokemon master that he set out to be. Mm-hmm. Um, and I foresee this being the f- finale with Ash, and then we set off with Go from here on out. I honestly hope so. Yeah. I would just love to see them take such a leap. I mean, this this series alone, Journeys, is quite a bit of a leap, um, but I would love to, love to see them take the leap that we've all been asking, not all, but many yeah. people have been asking for, for a long time. Yeah. Um, and I would like that. I think it would, I think it would work well. I also think, um, you know, it would work well for this series specifically, which while being connected to everything else um, is also weirdly disconnected from everything else at the same time. Um, so, you know, we talked about it's it's kind of the perfect series for somebody to jump into, even mm-hmm. if they've never seen Pokemon. Um, it would it would be kind of a perfect ending for something like that. And it would be a great ending for someone who's been watching since day one. So mm-hmm. um, I think it would once again serve that dual purpose and, and be a really good, good ending. Yes, I just I love the structure in that they acknowledge there are over 10,000 trainers trying to do this. Yeah. You know, it's not just, you know, we've always kind of assumed through necessity 
that trainers aren't as common as maybe we want them to be, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, And this sort of says like, no, they are as common as you want them to be. They just don't all rank high enough um, for, for this sort of level of competition, which coincides with the game. The game is the exact same way. I mean, this is built off of the game. Mm -hmm. You know, you, you, anybody can be a trainer, but not anybody can be a sponsored trainer because not everybody's talented enough Mm -hmm. um, or won enough battles or made their mark enough. And then on top of that, not everybody is elite in, in their, in their status. It really sort of turns Pokemon training into a familiar sort of like sports analogy. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I think that's cool. I think it, I think it works for for people who really want the Pokemon world to make sense because mm-hmm. in many ways it hasn't so far. Um, and this is this is a huge piece in making it make sense. Yeah. So I'm kind of hoping we'll get to see or meet the person who's number ten thousand. That would be fun. <laughs> and like they run into Ash, and like I challenge you because you're a very low number, and I wish to challenge you or high number, depending on how you look at it, really. Mm-hmm. And so like he challenges them or whatever. And he's got like probably like a really bad team or something. (laughs) (laughs) That would be fun. Mm -hmm. And it seems like a natural place for them to go based on what they've built. And then what they could really do is make this guy like Ash's new rival. And he started off as last place, but then by the series finale or the season finale, um, he's now in the finals with Ash because he had Ash as like a motivational rival. (laughs) <laughs> I think that'd be really, really cool. That would be cool. Now, I have a, I have a question for you, sure. and, and I don't think that the answer will be in the next six episodes. But if it is, that's okay. Um, now, given that they've they've established this structure, right? This sort of pyramid structure of you have to make it to not just like the ultra rank, but the master rank in order to get into the tournament that will eventually lead you to battling Leon. Mm-hmm. That that tournament is still in the Galar region. So, do you think that Pokemon Journeys, which thus far has been all over the world of Pokemon, will eventually get to the point where in order for Ash to move his rank up to that ultra rank, he will have to do the, the sort of Galar circuit and do something a bit more conventional to what we're used to seeing? And, and battle the gym leaders um, of Galar? Like, will this series eventually transform its way into a Galar-centric season? Either that, or he will have to fight the gym leaders there just because they are that strong. Like, yeah. they, like maybe not gym battle them, but obviously they he'd have to take on those gym leaders because those, cause maybe, like, Galar's got the strongest mm-hmm. uh, leaders, and they're probably in the top tiers that's true and there is a distinction now which we'll get to in the sixth episode but there's now a distinction between like a gym battle Mm -hmm. and battling a gym leader (laughs) yeah (laughs) which is another fun detail but we're we're not close to being there yet i I can't wait for that episode Uh, i'm so excited it's so good (laughs) it's so good yeah um so anything else oh yeah yes um from this episode yeah my favorite thing choodle Oh, yeah, this episode introduces Choodle, which um, we'll see again. So I'm assuming that Choodle will continue to be sort of a Team Rocket figure. I have to say, Choodle is very cute. Choodle's tiny. Yeah. But just when I saw Choodle just like chewing on Team Rocket, Mm -hmm. I was like, aw, 
it, it's cute. <laughs> like I never yeah. saw it that way until I saw it just like, you know, just like trying to chew onto Jesse's hair. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, I think, I think it, I think for me, it got a lot cuter when I saw it like in scale or I don't know, maybe it's out of scale, but um, very teeny tiny choodle is very teeny tiny cute. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and yeah, it just chews on stuff. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. That, yeah. Yeah. I like that detail too. Mm-hmm. All right. Else? Oh, next episode. Nope. Yep. Okay. <laughs> I'm ready for the next one. Cool. Um, this is the one that clearly you and Luke wanted me to see. <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> um, this one is like pretty standalone in the grand scheme of things. I think, I don't think there's much that carries, into or over from this one yet um but this is the one where they go to the unova region which mm-hmm. is exciting yes it is and they go into the desert and they raid battle a golurk um alongside some new new faces that we probably won't see again unless we go back to the unova region then maybe we'll see them again i don't really know um one of them is named kira i believe mm-hmm. i i don't know if the excavation guy gets a name does he uh i don't remember I think it might just be like the excavation leader or something. I'm just calling him Geo he- uh, Geodude Head. Geodude Head? Because <laughs> he was wearing a Geodude helmet. Oh, I didn't even put together that his helmet was supposed yeah. to be a Geodude. Well, I, I realized it when one of uh, his employees showed up and they were wearing a Rog and Rolla head. Oh, helmet. okay. And then I was like, oh my gosh, that's a Geodude Head. <laughs> oh, that's so funny. <laughs> I totally didn't put that together. I was too focused on, do I resemble this guy or not? <laughs> well, I as soon as we started watching the episode, I see this guy, and I'm like, be a great cosplay for Doug. <laughs> oh, believe you me, I was I was trying to figure out exactly how short of shorts I could get away with, um, because it would be a good it would be a very good cosplay for me for sure. Um, and I, 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 to- I do actually get what you and Luke are saying for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, he's a really fun character, um, and he gets very excited uh, very quickly mm-hmm. and very loud, and his voice goes up when he gets excited, just like somebody we know. Um, <laughs> and uh, and the cosplay would be very, very easy to pull off for sure. But he wears some pretty short shorts, so <laughs> eh, you you can make some alterations. I can rock it. Yeah, I can rock it. Um, but yeah, this is this. I mean, really, this whole episode kind of leads up to this um, this raid battle with a Golurk. Mm-hmm. Um, so w- another one of those co- like connections they're trying to make to the sort of modern version of the games. Mm-hmm. Um, really trying to make sure that they're incorporating the new style of play of the games into the world of the anime. Yeah. Um, but I do think it was cool. We got to see a lot of cool stuff. We saw like the sand surfing. Mm-hmm. Um, which by the way, if that sand was so hot that like score bunny couldn't even stand on it, mm-hmm. there's no way I would even sand surf on that. Cause All if right. I fall off, I'm burning the whole half of my body. All right. I have two <laughs> questions for you. <laughs> yeah. Regarding this one. Why didn't Ash just bother riding Dragonite instead? I had the same question. And two, when they got done and they landed, they were still walking on the sand. Yeah. Yeah. I was trying to come up with an explanation for that and I didn't have one. Um, the only thing I could think of is it took them so long to get there that the sand cooled down because it was later in the day. But I don't think sand cools down that quickly. So I don't know. Yeah. Um, it, honestly, it's just an excuse for them to do sand surfing, which is cool. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, we get to see Dragonite pull Ash, Beedrill pull Go. They have like a fun little competition between the two of them. Mm-hmm. Um, 
and I don't even remember. Oh, Braviary. We see Braviary. Yes. Um, pull Kira. And I thought that was a really cool episode. And uh, so a little bit of uh, lore behind this. The uh, site for this, it's not the Relic Castle that you go to in the games. That's mm-hmm. very, very similar to it. Sure. But it is uh, still within the same area, even though this is this section here is never in the games. But um, the Relic Castle was never actually used in the anime because, well, it was, but it wasn't. Um, back when uh, Unova was airing, they had filmed a whole thing where Team Rocket had taken over Relic Castle and there was this whole battle, but it never aired in Japan because of an earthquake and there was a whole there was a mm. whole earthquake inside the episode, so they thought Makes sense. not to air it. And they haven't aired it since, or aired it ever, and they've also never aired it here in America. Mm-hmm. So it's also like a huge like plot detail just missing from the anime. Yeah, and so at first I'm I'm watching this. I'm like, he had to have gone there at first, and then I <laughs> did a little bit of research. I'm like, oh, he never went to the Relic Castle, and then I was like, oh wait, no, this isn't even the Relic Castle. So this is also <laughs> kind of like their way of like, hey, sorry, you never got to go to the desert resort in, in the anime, so here it is finally. Yeah. yeah, this actually this episode is kind of meta in a lot of ways. I mean, it's meta in that way. It's meta in the sense that like they're once again introducing raid battling into a world that previously didn't have it. Mm-hmm. Um, and they introduce a character named uh, shame, shame seeker. Is that what his name is? Uh, I can't remember what it was. It's well, the reason I remember is because I was really surprised at the way that they depicted this character. So there's this third character that they meet. They meet Kira. Who's one of, you know, who's on the excavation team. They meet the ex, uh, excavation leader, who's my doppelganger. Mm-hmm. And then they meet this character named Shame with an M. And I only know that because I had the subtitles on. And his name is Shame Seeker, uh, which is a weird name. Um, but the thing that he the thing that he represents in the show is shiny hunting, which mm-hmm. is a thing we all do, not we all, but plenty of people do outside of uh, the series, right? Like we've seen shiny Pokemon in the series, but they're now sort of introducing this thing that real life players do into the Pokemon world as something that some trainers or at least one trainer does. So shame is a character who is trying to fill his Pokedex with only shiny Pokemon. And he wants to be the first person to ever fill a Pokedex with all shiny Pokemon. And he doesn't have very many so far, because they're so rare. His name What's... is Shane Seeker. And... Uh, <laughs> I'm not so sure. I mean, maybe. No, it's, uh, maybe. It's Shane. I, I looked it up. I I also watched the show. I did too. <laughs> um, so, uh, but in any case, regardless of whether his name is Shane or Shane, mm-hmm. it doesn't change the way that they depict him, and it doesn't change the, the sort of, like, pun... Uh, of his name being maybe Shane Seeker, which sounds just like Shame Seeker. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it's it's kind of a weird depiction because they kind of make shiny hunting people look like super weirdos. <laughs> oh, so apparently in the trivia for this episode, you know, Netflix closed caption incorrectly referred to Shane Seeker as Shame Seeker. Right. And this is on Bulbapedia, I expect. Yep. I need a better source than that. (laughs) 
Um, but I don't know. I'll I'll go back and listen to it. Um, I also again, it doesn't really matter. Yeah, like no. the the pun is still the same, yeah. and the depiction is still mm-hmm. of like a goofy weirdo. Yeah, and he's only got um, which is the one, point two, I was making. Three, four. He's and only... if if they can mis misattribute his name to Shame Seeker, yeah. Um, then I think the uh, the uh, <laughs> the depiction is clear. Yeah, and so he's only got <laughs> five shiny Pokemon. And I love how yeah. like, he's showing it to them, and uh, they're like, "You don't have that many." And he's like, "Well, you know, I'm just starting." <laughs> he's like, "These are rare. well, and they're they're hard to find." Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, so yeah, interesting character to introduce. I wouldn't be surprised if we saw him again at some point. Yeah. Um. And uh, and uh, hopefully he's a little less of a total goofball weirdo. Mm-hmm. Um. By the time we get there. Um, I wonder, like, what is his name in, let's see, his name in Japanese. What does his name mean in Japanese, I wonder? Japanese Karabari. Because, um... Origin, color variation. Oh, okay. Oh, shape? Someone, wait, what? What is this? Oh. So it might be a play on Shade Seeker. Mm-hmm. Instead of Shame Seeker. Um... Yeah, well, Netflix doing no favors here. Yeah, <laughs> because he is a total goofball, and the name Shame would have made sense too. Yep. Um, and so all around uh, a, an awkward, awkward situation here for uh, for Shiny Hunter. Yes, and uh, I found out Shane in English is another f- uh, is from the word shine. There you go. So shine there seeker. you go. There you go. Shiny. Well, then this is on Netflix. But also still on the show, because yes. like I said, the point being, yeah, there's multiple we're hung up on the name here. We're hung up on the name. Yes. Yes. <laughs> the point is that the character is depicted as a total dork, yes, um, and a weirdo, and everybody treats him like a weirdo mm-hmm. um, when all he's trying to do is catch shiny. So sorry, shiny hunters, the anime thinks you're a weirdo. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, well, I wonder if Netflix will fix that. I hope so. Mm-hmm. Because it really just kind of puts salt in the wound. <laughs> um, any, I mean, anything else about this episode? I think it's like pretty straightforward. Um, I mean, it was just a fun episode, just being able to go to Unova and just seeing all these other Pokemon that Go got to catch. Like the fact he got a uh, um, Darmanitan that has its Zen mode ability was pretty cool. Yeah, yeah. I uh, I like that a lot too because Darman- Darmanitan is very cool and was one of my favorites back in Gen Five. Mm-hmm. So yeah, all right. Well, the next one is the one where this one was kind of nice and sort of like uh, it's pretty peaceful actually. Yeah, it's kind of like a Christmas. Uh, this is the one where, we- huh? Kind of like a Christmas special. It is kind of like a Christmas special. Yeah. Um, this is the one where we, where we meet Go's parents and Go and Ash help find a Cubone's stolen bone. Mm-hmm. What'd you think of this one? It was a cute episode. Yeah, I liked it. I I like that we got to meet Go's parents. Mm -hmm. I thought that was fun. I like that this world feels so full. We got a little bit more backstory for Go. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. I wonder if this is going to come up again, because I do think it was like a little confusing to decipher how we are supposed to feel about how Go feels. Um, because for the most part I was like, oh, like 
the parents are being sort of self-conscious about leaving him home so much, but Go is fine. Mm -hmm. But then there was that one moment where Scorbunny was like watching with suspicion about whether Go was actually fine with it. You know what I mean? So I wonder if this will come up again. Yeah. Your silence tells me that it will. <laughs> Sorry, I got distracted. Uh, um, so, uh, a little unrelated from the anime, but uh, I'm selling, but still Pokemon related. I am selling my uh, Pokemon Coliseum bonus disc, mm -hmm. and it's ending in like seven minutes. So I was just checking to see how much it's going for right now. Gotcha. Yeah, I have ninety one dollars right now. There you go. Sorry. So, anyways, <laughs> uh, yeah. I mean, there's not really much else to this episode. Yeah, it's a. I think it's a very. It's like a, a strong character development episode, mm -hmm. and we're not, the, we don't get a ton of those, so it is a little different in that regard. Um, but uh, but yeah, I mean, we get a little bit of a little bit of like score bunny go build up, mm -hmm. um, but we've been getting that kind of the whole time. So yeah, yeah, thought it was cute. Uh, anything else? I don't think so. Okay. So next episode is the one where Ash befriends and catches a Gengar. Yeah, this is like uh, another, and I say another because it's not the first, but another sort of like Charmander's Trainer is a Jerk remix. Mm -hmm. um, but uh, but definitely with a twist because Gengar. Um, yeah, I, I thought this one was fine. I like it because Gengar is in it, mm -hmm. and I like it because it had a lot of like funny moments. Like it Basically, Gengar like curses Ash, and it it sets off this whole like kind of like slapsticky, goofy like bad luck comedy mm -hmm. montage, which I thought was fun. Yeah. I I gotta say, I don't remember if it's in this episode or if it's in a later episode, but Gengar has one of the greatest laughs ever. <laughs> yeah, I, Gengar is great. I mean, I love that Gengar is getting um kind of a better mm -hmm. i mean the 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 ghosts in the ghost tower were fun mm -hmm. but i feel like this is a better better version of gengar than oh, that yeah. one definitely much more fun mm -hmm. much more fleshed out yeah and much more uh pla plasmed out <laughs> Plas plasmed <laughs> out gengar doesn't really have flesh <laughs> yeah yeah you know, i'm not really sure what's going on with pokemon ghost types so, yeah. hard to say. Yeah, they can phase shift. Let's say that. Mm -hmm. They're they're made of gas. There. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, another great Pokemon for Ash's team. And I look, mm -hmm. this is Ash's first ghost type Pokemon. I believe that. I mean, I wouldn't know necessarily, but I'm not surprised. Well, I did the research, so. I'm I'm not doubting you. <laughs> it felt like you were. I'm saying I wouldn't. I'm saying I wouldn't know because I haven't watched the whole show. Well, well. <laughs> yeah. So, um, again, Ash's team is looking amazing. He's got Dragonite. He's got Gengar. He kind of, sort of, maybe has Mister Mime. Not really sure what's going on there. Yeah. Yeah. He he could use Mister Mime if he needed to. I I get mm -hmm. the sense. Yeah. And then he catches so, another yeah. Pokemon in the next set of six so heads ah, up there very exciting yeah. yeah it's an interesting interesting mix of pokemon for sure mm -hmm. and i just gotta say i hate people watching this episode Why? like that guy was a huge jerk oh <laughs> like 
Yeah. Can, and like just the whole montage, he's like, okay, stay here. And then he leaves. And like you just see like the seasons pass. And mm-hmm. I just feel so bad for the Gengar. I want to hug it. Yeah, I know, right? Like it's terrible. Any of these episodes are always like so heartbreaking. Um, especially because like, I mean, I guess in this world, this is the, so is this, is this the equivalent of like releasing your Pokemon or are these people all just jerks? Like, are there people in the world of the anime that like peacefully release their Pokemon? I mean, Ash did, right? That's what he did with Butterfree. Yeah. Um, we have seen other people do like a whole release thing and it's like Mm -hmm. the Pokeball like does like a whole new kind of light from it or something. It's like a red. Yeah. Um, other than that, I mean, yeah, I would assume it's just, you know, hey, I release you or they, I guess if you'd like destroy the Pokeball or can you destroy a Pokeball? <laughs> I don't know. So, yeah, because obviously Ash was able to catch it. And my wife was even like, wait, he never released Gengar. So technically Ash is catching someone else's Pokemon. Yeah, I guess. Uh, hmm. Yeah, that's interesting. I don't know. I don't know how that works. The world of the anime is uh, much more nuanced than the world of the the game. Exactly. (laughs) Because like what actually qualifies as a release in the, in the anime is probably a bit muddy. Mm -hmm. Cause we've seen Ash try and catch someone else's Pokemon before on accident, of course, because he didn't know that it was someone else's Pokemon. Mm -hmm. And for every time they, the person gets mad and it's like, well, how am I supposed to know this is someone else's Pokemon? There's no indicators. (laughs) Right. It's not like your Pokemon have collars. (laughs) And, you're not around 24 seven to keep it. So, I mean, anyways, I mean, the simple answer would be that Pokemon are registered to Pokeballs and releasing it would be deregistering it yeah, or destroying the Pokeball. Cause, and then that way no registration. You, to it. Right. Yeah. That would work too. Um, and then that way a Pokeball wouldn't be able to catch a Pokemon that already has a registration sort of like, uh, signature yeah. or whatever and i mean for all we know ash never fully released butterfree so technically if anybody tried to catch that butterfree nobody could because it belongs to ash i guess i don't know the anime is confusing it is <laughs> it very much is yep yep anything else with the gengar one no. we got to see francois or Francois? No, Francois is... Wait, Francois is the Magnemite, yes. right? Yes. What's the trainer's name? Um, I forget his uh, name. Ren. Ren. Yeah. Okay, we got to see Ren again. Yes, we got to see Ren again, uh, and you get like a full sense of his outfit this, yes. in this episode, and oh, yes. I want those shoes. <laughs> Do it. You can cosplay Ren, and I'll cosplay Excavation Guy. Yeah. <laughs> um, actually, it's Excavation Leader excavation leader yes Yes, he leads the excavation all right uh let's see here so the next episode is the one where score bunny learns to use a fire type move and evolves yeah i hated go in this episode oh i thought you were gonna say you hated this episode i was like whoa (laughs) yeah goes a pain in the butt in this episode he's not very likable yeah like score bunny's trying to learn a fire move because it's starting to learn it or it mm-hmm. wants to learn it because it tried going up against the Golurk before and it couldn't use any of its moves because all it knew were fighting and normal types and nothing could affect it. Yeah. And so it's now trying to learn. It's us. Um, what is it? Darmanitan's actually trying to teach it to use a fire type move mm-hmm. in the beginning. 
And so it starts to try one, but it, like a tiny little ember comes out and goes like, oh, well, you know, if you can't learn it, you can't learn it. Don't worry about it. And I'm like, no, it clearly wants to learn it. And like throughout the episode, like it keeps trying to show like, hey, 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 I can do this. And it even does do it once while training. And yeah. then it keeps trying to show go and goes like, I told you, stop, don't. Buy. And I'm like, dude, you're a horrible yeah, human th- being. Well, I think I think it starts off understandable. And I think everything that Go was going through is part of his character. Like, I don't think it was out of character um, because we we've sort of got Ash and Go set up as like these polar opposites of each other mm-hmm. um, where go is super analytical and is very like grounded and logical and sort of Spock like. And Ash is very like fired up, passionate heart who cares about rules. Very like Kirk, like, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, and so I, I kind of understand at least in the beginning where go is coming from. And I don't even think he's being mean at first. I think he's, I think he thinks he's being, sort of supported like it's okay like it's fine if you don't know it like you've got plenty of things you can do um and i think from where he's coming from that's supportive but yeah as the episode goes on he gets frustrated because score bunny is like hung up on this thing that's how he sees it um and score bunny gets frustrated back at him because (laughs) like go is an understanding and it, it culminates in this like explosive moment where go is a jerk and score bunny is like, well, forget you. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. It's uh, it's uh, it's rough. It's rough. Mm-hmm. And then just when you think it culminates in a happy ending, it does not. Yeah. <laughs> and so it's interesting because I get the sense that, you know, go and score bunny are actually kind of perfect for each other, even though they're sort of abrasive towards one, like mm-hmm. one another, because both of them seem to have a big chip on their shoulder mm-hmm. about something. You know what I mean? Yeah. Oh. Um, and I think that makes them relatable towards one another. Don't mean to cut you off. Just want to give you a heads up. Porygon Community Day has just started. Yeah. I forgot. I was, you know, what's funny is I actually was going to mention that in the news and I just like totally forgot. Um, but yeah, po- uh, Porygon Community Day has begun. Yeah, I just opened a Pokemon um, Go to see if I can get a shiny real quick. We'll see what happens. Yeah. I'll let you guys know. Nothing's in my area <laughs> except for my one daily Pokemon which is a shellman. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, so I do like the fact that it learns Ember by doing the kicking of the rock, which mm-hmm. is a similar uh, move that it uses for Pyro Ball. Yeah. Yeah, and I think it makes I think it makes sense. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I expect what I thought was going to happen was that Go being logical, <laughs> instead of just sort of like blowing up at Score Bunny, was going to sort of be like, okay, well, let's figure this out, right? Like a puzzle. Mm-hmm. Like, why can't Scorbunny do this? And realize that most of Scorbunny's heat comes from its feet. Yeah. So I was like, I, I think this is where it's going to go. Like, they're going to figure out that that's where, where his heat comes from. And that's kind of where it ended up, but not exactly. Yeah. It, it sort of, it was, it didn't, it got there a little bit more roughly than I expected it would. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so. so, yeah. Overall, it was pretty fun. Um, I did find it kind of funny, like at the end when, uh, when it evolves and like it's acting like a jerk towards Go, and she's mm-hmm. being a teenager, and they use the Pokedex to figure out what's going on, and Ash is kind of surprised by the fact that Pokemon can be moody almost, <laughs> and I'm like, dude, you're Charmeleon, really? <laughs> yeah. Yep. 
Yeah, well, that's yep, yep, yep. Um, and I think this will probably sort of. I mean, I think this is obviously. I don't think this is sort of. I think this is obviously meant to mimic that story. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess we'll see where it goes, or at least I'll see where it goes. Yep. Um, because because I'm sure there's development in the next six episodes. Yes, there but, is. Uh, I think it's meant to evoke that same feeling. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. So yeah, I think that's fun. All right. Um, the other thing, the I do want to mention about that episode. This is also the episode where we get to see Team Rockets like vermilion city hideout yeah <laughs> for some reason yeah <laughs> like a hideout which have we i mean you would know this i wouldn't know this have we ever seen like a hideout from them um yes so in sun and moon they had their treetop hideout with beware <laughs> oh that's yeah that's right i do remember that they had yes. sort of like a base of operations mm-hmm. and there was like with, a whole computer system and everything that they had um <laughs> see here x and y and like everywhere else they like they were always traveling so these right. past two uh i guess series if you will um yeah. they've been kind of se- uh, in one central location for the majority of the series so yeah it just makes more sense to have a base of operations Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that's I think that's fun. Um it's funny too because this this hideout is very it kind of it it sort of seems like um it's it's a little bit of like a loser hideout. <laughs> like mm-hmm. it's, it sort of has like um like hanging out in the basement vibes. Um yeah. because like they what is it James? Yeah, James goes out on like a secret mission and you're like, "Oh, I wonder what they're up to." And it's it's literally just to like get a bunch of potato chips. Yeah. Um, and then they like eat too many potato chips. And I, am I wrong in thinking that this is meant to be sort of an analogy for something else you might over consume based on the way that they act otherwise, <laughs> like afterward? Am I wrong? No. It had a little bit of like that 70s show vibe. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think I'm being crazy. No, you're not crazy. <laughs> All right, so that's that. I just thought it was worth mentioning because I thought it was really funny. Um, yeah. Also, I think I don't know if this is going to be a thing, but Pelipper, uh, there's like more with Pelipper mm-hmm. in that episode. Like it's an actual character, yeah. for the first time ever. I love how Ghost <laughs> trying to like catch it or whatever, and yeah. it's just sitting there. And uh, yeah. I go, "Oh, that's Team Rocket's uh, Pelipper." And my wife goes, "How do you know?" And I'm like, "It's literally carrying the device in its mouth. Yeah. <laughs> it's got something in its mouth." <laughs> Yeah, that was funny. All right, episode six. Yes. Vizquez. So this one, yeah, this is the one where Ash battles Vizquez, who is the acting Vermilion City gym leader. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he's doing this for his first Coronation Series battle. So we get more background or like a, a further explanation on how the Coronation Series tier system works. Yes. And what's really cool about this is they mention the fact that everybody, no matter who you are, starts off down at the bottom. Mm -hmm. And so I was like, okay, cool. So that explains why he's down at the bottom, because even though he's a champion, he's down there. That's why the acting gym leader is down there, despite the fact being an acting gym leader slash gym leader. Yes, yes. I thought that was so cool. I also just think the inclusion of Vizquez as the, quote, acting Vermilion gym leader is really cool mm-hmm. they basically say like lieutenant surge is out on a training mission yeah. and so jim can't just be left alone you know mm-hmm. or at least in his case i mean i guess i guess giovanni has other ideas 
Yeah, well, <laughs> that's a whole nother thing. That's a whole big thing. And I like how uh, as soon as he gets there, like, wait a minute, you're Ash? And like they get like all super excited about him. Yeah, this is fun. This is the closest we've ever gotten. And it's pretty darn close um, to like directly referencing an exact event from Ash's past. And they tell it almost the exact same way um, and do that same thing that they've continued to do, which is like leave out clever details. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, But yeah, this is like the first time we get a piece of Ash's past, Mm -hmm. um, which is pretty cool and very fun. So what we know is that Ash has, um, has done at least, but probably all, of the Kanto gym. Exactly. Uh, we can, we can now say at least he did the Kanto run, which again, your Charmeleon was in Kanto. It acted like a jerk. <laughs> so that's, see, that's why for me, and, and again, there's, I'm, I'm going to preface this by saying, I don't think there's a right answer. <laughs> I'm not making an argument for a black or white answer here. Um, but that's why for me, I think it's easier for me to watch this show mm-hmm. as if it's like, kind of an alternate story yeah. um, in a similar way to like the eyes choose you movies um, where it, you know, we c- I can assume as much or as little of his backstory as I want mm-hmm. because they've so carefully crafted it in such a way where like they only reference like pretty necessary things while still making Ash feel like he very much knows what he's doing. Yeah. So they can kind of, as they're developing the story, they can kind of choose to, reference as much or as little as they want because the air of ash and the experience and knowledge of ash allows them to plop in whichever details they want like this one where visquez knows ash by reputation because ash was able to beat lieutenant surge in a a groundbreaking way so i that was such a fun detail it was so cool to see that Mm -hmm. um and to have him have this sort of reputation and like barely respond to it yeah (laughs) (laughs) that's what they do though that's what this journey show has been doing right like anytime ash is confronted with something that like you want him to react to he just doesn't react and you're like no i need to know how you react to this i need to know Mm -hmm. (laughs) um but it's cool and so it again it sort of like harkens but in the same way that that you know raboot is going to harken back to the charmeleon story Mm -hmm. this episode harkens back a little bit to the Lieutenant Surge episodes where he has to problem solve to, to beat Vizquez this time. Yeah. She's cool. She is. I, she's so, cool. Oh yeah. Has the anime done that before where they like, I know the games have where they've replaced a gym leader or, Oh, I guess, duh. The, uh, the Cerulean sisters mm-hmm. has the anime done that before Doug. Have you watched the show ever? <laughs> <laughs> Um, so yeah, I thought this was a cool, a cool thing for them to do for sure. And she's just neat. Her hair is weird though. Did you notice her hair? Uh, I'm trying to remember. She right has now, like, but I can't. So she has, she actually, what's funny is I immediately thought Vesper Vasquez because Vesper Vasquez from Power Rangers Hyperforce, um, also has like white hair and like, like very tan or darker skin, mm-hmm. kind of like Vizquez does, <laughs> but Vizquez has like, she has like kind of this short spiky hair on the top of her head, but she has like a really long ponytail or braid or something that ends in like a plug. Hmm. 
Yeah. She, so she has like a plug on the end of her hair. <laughs> I'm gonna have to go back and look at that because that's awesome. Yeah, it's really funny. It, it's nonsensical in all the right ways. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what did you think of that battle? Oh, it was such a fun battle. Yeah, it was cool. Um, it's Ash with his Pikachu and Gengar mm-hmm. versus Vizquez with her Raichu and Electrode. Yeah. They made Electrode cool. Yeah. <laughs> they made Electrode so cool. And, oh, my gosh. Ash's Gengar is like a beast. Oh, yeah. Oh, I know. I'm like nervous for the damage he can do with that Gengar. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it rocked that Raichu. Um, yeah. Yeah, like big time. Um, and I was kind of glad they did that because it would have been so easy for them to just do a rehash of the Lieutenant Surge yeah. stuff. Um, but Raichu is the first of two Pokemon. So it's not the finale Pokemon for Visquez. Electrode is. Mm-hmm. I really loved um, when... I loved the moment when Go is like on the sidelines looking at the arena mm-hmm. and is like, what is with all these dents? Yeah. <laughs> and like, I was like... I like. When Electrode came out, obviously, I was like, okay, it's Electrode. But before that, I was like trying to figure out what it mm-hmm. was. And so I was like, maybe it's the Volt Tackles? Like maybe Raichu's Volt Tackle is so strong yeah, that it I just thought it was the arena. Yeah, I, just like, it was I had no idea. Damage from battling or whatever. But then as soon as Electrode came out, I'm like, okay, yeah, those are pretty perfectly round damages. Yeah. But I mean, even still, like I, when it when it was Electrode, I was like, is it like an explosion? Like, is that what it's doing? Like, I couldn't like I, I knew that it was Electrode making the dent, but I still like didn't anticipate what Vizquez was going to do with Electrode. Mm-hmm. It was cool. It was. The, the the moment when Electrode uses um what is it called? Magnet. Um, magnet rise. Magnet. Yeah. Magnet rise. Um, and it sort of like slowly floats off of the ground and then it like lifts the pieces of the the arena off the ground. It's actually like kind of menacing, and it's very mm-hmm. like I said, they made Electrode cool. Electrode, I mean, to be honest, if I were to do like a full ranking of Pokemon, like Electrode would be pretty low for me because like I recognize its value, but it's not that cool. And, and I mean, like, we learned recently <laughs> that fast. Electrode is one of the <laughs> fastest Pokemon. <laughs> right, right. So like that's neat, but uh, but it's fine mm-hmm. but this made it like really cool yeah <laughs> it made it so cool um yeah Vizquez is is very awesome yes very excited mm-hmm. for that character to exist yes me too i do hope we get to see her again me too i i can't wait to see Vizquez cosplayers like let's get some muscle ladies out there doing some Vizquez cosplay or any ladies but like i think it would be really cool um to have uh you know, this character who's like kind of unconventional um, in, in at least this universe, I can't think of, I mean, I'm sure there have been cause it's a diverse universe. Um, but it's just cool to see this like very sort of like muscly, like no nonsense, ridiculous hair <laughs> uh, character. It's awesome. She's cool. She's so cool. Yeah. Anything else about that episode? I'm trying to think. Um, Oh, uh, the Rotom uh, dr- uh, drones. Oh, yeah, drone Rotom. <laughs> Did Ash? Were there not drone Rotoms in the in the arena, or was Ash just too preoccupied with the battle? I think he was too preoccupied <laughs> with the battle. 
<laughs> yeah, there was a, a drone road, Tom. And so, you know what's funny? Did you ever watch Yu-Gi-Oh? Um, yeah. There was one, and I didn't watch a ton of it, but I know there was one season or one arc or something where they had like Battle City, I think, mm-hmm. or Dual City yep. or something like that. And it was it was kind of like this, like where everybody had a ranking and you had to like battle people throughout the city to like raise or lower your ranking. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and this is kind of like that, but cooler. Yeah. And also you don't have <laughs> Sorry, to give Yu-Gi-Oh. up your best Pokemon <laughs> at the end. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yep. Yep. That's for sure. Um, but uh, but this is sort of, you know, I, I expect that we will see these Rotom these drone rotoms like all throughout the city and region probably mm-hmm. anytime ash battles. And I like that a lot. It sort of like makes the battles feel less um, like random and frivolous. Um, like Pokemon battles are cool no matter what. So it's not like I ever had problems with them before, mm-hmm. but uh, I like it better. This idea that it's like, Hey, do you want to battle? Like, are you registered for the coronation series? And then you sort of like register your battle with, with your phones. Um, and that like every battle you have is like tracked and, and organized and sort of like plays into your, your ranking and stuff. Yeah. And I think that's, that's really, it's just like a fun logistical thing that they didn't even have to necessarily do, but I really like the way that it works. Mm-hmm. That's also what we were talking about when we said like a gym battle is different than just battling a gym leader. So like Ash has already battled, at the Vermilion City gym. So he doesn't need to get a badge, um, nor was Vizquez ever going to give him a badge because they clarified that it wasn't a gym battle. Mm-hmm. It was him seeking out a good trainer, and a good trainer is going to be a gym leader. Mm-hmm. And she has a ranking just like everybody else. Yeah. And I love how, like, at the beginning, Ash is like, all right, who's the highest ranking person around here? Oh, my gosh. He's so... Ugh, yep, yep, yep. He's so silly. Yep. Just <laughs> immediately just tries to find the strongest person. Yep. Yep. Which I mean, if you're if you're operating from the perspective of like this is the same like this is the exact same ash we've seen for you know eight regions, mm-hmm. then like okay, sure, go battle you know whoever, <laughs> battle literally anyone you want, dude. Yeah. <laughs> like you, you could take you, like take on all but Leon, pretty much. <laughs> so uh, yeah, I thought that was funny too. I want to know what her rank is now because they imply that it dropped pretty significantly. Yeah. Um, which I guess makes sense if it's purely based on numbers. Um, he would have been, you know, in that bottom tier, although technically she was too, but they were, you know, probably 8,000 ranks apart. So hopefully the algorithm algorithm is good and takes into account that that was his first battle. Mm -hmm. So woof. Uh, anything we forgot from these six episodes? No, I don't think so. Uh, it's just been <laughs> well, amazing to have him back. Oh, I know, right? And so many things to look forward to. Like, I can't wait to see if we get the excavation team again when we go to Unova, if we get Shane again, mm-hmm. um, if we see Vizquez again. Obviously, whatever will happen with Raboot, um, the way that Ash's team, and like you said, I love that you pointed this out, um, we talked so much about how the first dozen episodes are very go centric and this finally kicks off ash centric stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm really excited to see, see that. So very, very cool stuff. Yes. Yeah. 
Well, if anybody out there is watching this show, we would love to hear your thoughts as well. Yes. Um, if you tweeted us whenever, um, just about the show, if you're listening to this and you're like, I've watched this, just tweet at us. We'll read your we'll read your tweets on the show whenever we whenever we record next. Mm-hmm. It'll be great. So uh, next up, we have our books. Yeah, who do we want to who do we want to talk well, about? Last episode we talked about my favorite Pokemon, so I think this week we should do your favorite Pokemon. All right, Clefairy. What if I was like, okay, Venonat? You know what? <laughs> I'd be okay with that. I like Venonat. <laughs> I don't hate Venonat, but it would be a curveball for sure. Hey, Venonat was my first shiny. I'm okay with that. There you go. Yeah. All right, um, Clefairy. I've got mine. You got yours? Caterpie, Ratatata, Raticate, Nidoran, Nidoran. Did I go past it? No. Okay. Uh, let's see. Come on. Come on. Somewhere around here. Clefairy. There we go. Oh, you are disgusting. <laughs> I don't like the way Clefairy looks in my book. Mm. Like, you know, I, I talked last time about how these are all sort of redrawn to be a little bit more, like, animal-like. I don't like this one. <laughs> <laughs> they managed to make Clefairy, like, not very cute. <laughs> or wait, hold on. Am I even looking at the right thing? I don't think I am. That's how that's how different these look. Make sure I'm not looking at Jigglypuff. <laughs> Yeah, no, it's still not very cute. I mean, your book made Magnemite look very cute. Yeah, Magnemite looked cool. Clefairy looks scary. I don't understand why. <laughs> but uh, would you like to go first or shall I? Uh, I'll go first this time. Okay. So, uh, let's see here. The physiology of Clefairy. Clefairy's internal organs reflect their extraterrestrial origin and their overall complexity impedes easy classification. Their central nervous system is characterized by extreme density of uh, cerebral matter, various unknown ganglia, and multiple nodes networked throughout the body, all connected through a rigid skull-like core. Clefairy's structural anatomy suggests a level of biological development and even a degree of consciousness far exceeding that of humanity. Ah. Hmm. Also, its uh, classification name is Alpha Lux Rosia. Oh, that's fun. I like that. Yeah. <laughs> so mine, this kind of explains why I think it looks so weird. They kind of turned it into a squirrel, and I don't know why. It's, a, it's supposed to be an alien. <laughs> alien squirrel? Um, and here's, it sort of says like, uh, I, I, this one's a lot longer than the Magnemite one. So I'm just going to pick, pick bits and pieces, yeah. but, um, this is where it sort of clarifies that it says it has short stubby arms and legs. It's long pink tail curls up like that of a squirrel. It's wings are largely, uh, largely decorative as it can only fly short distances. What? Um, it has a little bit about behavior. It says, uh, this creature feels a special connection to the moon and lives in remote areas where the view of the night sky is unobstructive. While not considered a nuisance, it has been known to steal shiny and circular objects from campers. Its playful and carefree culture suggests it has few natural predators. 
this description doesn't at any point even imply that they're from the moon. Um, it makes them squirrels. They have creepy black eyes. I feel like they did my little cute Clefairy dirty here. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Y'all will see when we post the pictures. It ain't cute. Yeah. <laughs> well, half mine's cute. The other half is, well, terrifying. Torn open. <laughs> does it have any sort of like, from what you can tell, does it have any sort of like special biological features in there? Um, or is it all just sort of like normal gut stuff? Well, it's got a unknown radioactive ganglia. That's what it Ooh. calls it. Um, let's see here. <laughs> it's got a regular uh, musculoskeletal mesh symbiotic bacterial pouches, uh, neutral ganglia, rigid skull-like core. Skeletal mesh? I, okay. Does it not have, like, a normal skeleton, or is that, like, I think an it's additional... a muscle and skeleton mixed together. Oh. Yeah. Huh. I can't wait to see it. Yeah. <laughs> Actually, I think I sent you a picture when I first got the book. Probably. I'll have to go back in my, in my history. There you go. Because, uh, yeah, you, you, you posted a couple things or at least texted me a couple things about it. Yeah. So, And that's been your Pokemon lesson for the day. <laughs> All totally accurate and totally canon. Yes. Asterisk. None of that was canon. These are from unofficial <laughs> books. Yes, <laughs> exactly. All right. Did we miss anything? Uh, in the last six episodes? <laughs> Next time. <laughs> All right. Well, thanks, everyone, for joining us on this beautiful recap adventure along the Victory Road. For information on episodes and contests or to give us feedback on the show, uh, please find us on Twitter and Facebook at Victory Road. Please rate, review, and subscribe this podcast on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. Like we mentioned earlier, it's the easiest way to help our show. If you like what we're doing, someone else will, too. And if there's anything in the world of Pokemon you know a whole lot about and you'd like to appear on the podcast, please let us know. Until next time, we're headed back to the Pokemon Center to watch all Pokemon stuff over and over and over and over and over. Or binge whatever happens to be next. Kyle's Bye. production of the Four Ride Radio Network. For other great shows, check out www.fourrideradio.com. <laughs>